This is Small Talk with 101 ESPN's Michelle Smallman. Presented by Liquid Spirits Beverage Catering Company. Hey, what's up? Welcome into episode 69. Nice. Of Small Talk. I'm your host, Michelle Smallman. On deck this week, part one of this month's Saruti conversation. If you picked up on two nuggets in that statement, yes, we have another two-parter with Steve because... The two of us can't keep it to under an hour. What can I say? We golf on a lot of tangents. Also, yes, we are hoping to have Steve monthly. So you can stop tweeting me. You can stop sending me Instagram DMs. I know how much you love him. We are going to effort him as much as possible. So since I know you clearly don't want to hear anything else from me and you want to hear from Steve, let's jump right in. Here's part one of my chat with Saruti. Obviously, as always, pumped to welcome Saruti to the podcast, a man who clearly needs no introduction. And Steve, I got to tell you, you've got some juice, my man. I had you on last month. I got emails, tweets, texts, all these people reaching out to me, telling me how great it was to hear from Saruti, essentially threatening, demanding, however you want to call it, that I somehow convince you to do this podcast more often. And I guess those threats worked because here you are. So, Steve, thank you for the time. I know you're a busy guy these days. To quote Gretchen Wiener, like, I can't help it. I'm so popular. <laughs> You would do that. You would quote Mean Girls. But by the way, it's true. You can't help that you're so popular. Yeah, I can't help it. I mean, listen, if what were what was the what were they getting? They were getting like Valentines or whatever, and then she didn't end up getting one. And it was I'm like what Christmas Grams? Christmas Grams, like and none for Gretchen Wiener's pie. Right, and none for Gretchen Wiener's pie. <laughs> No, when she said that line was when they were having the student assembly and everybody was standing on stage and they were admitting something mean that they had done. And then she goes, she gets on stage and she's like, I can't help it that I'm so popular and people are jealous of me and everyone hates her. The struggle is real. Like, I get it. Like, I just, I just can't help it. You know, whatever it is, what it is. But then Karen outed her by saying she had diarrhea at Barnes and Noble. (laughs) It's true. Is butter a carb? Uh, wait, speaking of movies that we love, like Mean Girls, I recently rewatched Clueless. Are you a Clueless fan? So I feel like, well, no, but not because I haven't seen it. Like, I've, I think I've seen, like, bits and pieces of it on TV, but I've never actually watched it through and through. That's with, like, Alicia Silverstone, right? Oh, yeah. Um, and, uh, Brittany Murphy. Stacey Dash, yep, yep. It's iconic, iconic 90s film. And I love Clueless. It's just as quotable as Mean Girls. It is so funny, but I just revisited it as a full-blown adult and was like, is no one talking about the fact, spoiler alert, that Cher ends up shacking up with her stepbrother and how weird that is? I mean, without any context, like, yes, it's super fucking weird. <laughs> I mean, the whole movie is based around this girl who ends up falling in love with her stepbrother and they get, they like get together at the end. And yeah, I'm pretty sure that movie can't be made in 2019. I'm pretty sure. No. By the way, that, that reminds me like of like, I haven't seen a lot of these, but have you, do you have Disney plus? No, but I know everyone's freaking out about it. Yeah, like, so I was told last night that, like, there are disclaimers that say, like, yeah, like, we we know this is, like, kind of racist or, like, kind of sexist, like, are bad because some of the shows are just so old. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah, so, like, listen, like, times change. It is what it is. Like, it's back in the 90s, like, you know, dating your stepbrother was a little bit more okay than it is now. 
Yeah. Obviously, there's no blood relation there. And the dad says in the movie, you divorce wives, not kids. So that's why he even brings the stepbrother back around because he's not with the mom anymore. So it's like an ex-stepbrother, I guess. But still, I don't know. I just kind of think. I mean, that's probably happened in real life. I mean, right? I I don't know. Like, it has to have have happened. I mean, right? But if my parents got divorced and then one of them remarried and then got divorced a second time and I was like, yo, Steve, remember my ex-stepbrother Ricky? We're together now. You'd be like, what? Yeah, I mean, that'd be super fucked up, but I would definitely (laughs) judge for it. But it's 100% happened. Honestly, though, it's a jungle out there. So if you find somebody that you listen, you relate with, yeah. that you like, you, I don't care if it's the next step brother. You go for it. Yeah, listen. I know you know you know Michelle. You got very high standards, rightfully so. If you know, sometimes if, when it's right, it's right. I, maybe I, I would judge you, but I'd be okay. I'd be happy for you. <laughs> I mean, I dated my best family friend, and even that kind of people were like, "Oh wow, how do your how do your parents feel about that? Can you imagine if it was yeah. your ex step brother?" Yeah, that just can't go well because. You know, and I, I do know the circumstances, so, like, obviously, I'm, like, you know, I have hindsight on this, but, like, did your parents ever say that, like, hey, like, were they pumped about that? Or, no, like, because I no. feel like if one of my, yeah, like, if one of my, if I had kids and my, one of my best friends, their kid dated my kid, I would fucking hate that. That'd be the absolute worst. Like, I would, I don't trust any of my friends, like, <laughs> you know, like, I, there's no way that would be okay. Like, it would just add, like, a layer of drama that I don't want to my life. Yeah, at first it was cool because everyone was hanging out and it was fun and if it works out great right i mean think about how lit your family holidays would be if your kid marries your best friend's kid you all get to hang out all the time but then if it doesn't work out it's a little awkward yeah i remember i'm like a big i'm a big scrubs fan so like there's like a scene i think it's like a like a like a future scene where they're like sort of like foreshadowing not foreshadowing but it's like a joke almost like not real like what they wish could happen and JD and Turk, like the two main characters, like they've always wanted their kids to like date and they end up dating in the future and it's hilarious. And I always remember thinking like, that's actually not as cool as you would think it would be. Like, I, I, there's just no way, like I know my friends, like I know, you know, like I just know, I, it's like the separation of church and state and government. Like, I feel like you need to separate your, your friend's kids from dating your kids. Oh, no doubt. And then you know what it becomes, too, is a vortex of the game of telephone where my mom would say, oh, well, I talked to his oh, parents and they yeah. said this, that you guys were doing this. And why didn't yeah. you tell us? And I'm like, what the hell? You can't hide anything from either set of parents because they're constantly probing one or the other about what's going on. Yeah, it's unlimited, unwanted drama that I just, I don't need in my life. I don't need it. <laughs> Noted. So if I have a kid and then you have a kid, we'll make sure that they never date. Yeah, it's off limits for sure. Totally off limits. Okay, so is there anything that you want to talk about before we get into all the stupid shit that I want to talk about? Is there anything so. hot and popping in the NBA, Steve? I mean, you're on Scallon Pals. You got to tell me at least how your gig's going and what you guys are talking about. Well... So we had Rosillo on the show today. We're taping this on a Tuesday. So make sure you go check that out, radio.com, radio.com app, or, you know, wherever you find podcasts. We had Rosillo on for almost an hour. Nice. And he, so I am, I am like the lead conductor of the Luka Doncic hype train. Oh, I love that. Well, I mean, it's a a good train to be on. Yeah, like I could not be more into him. I could not be buying more stock right now. Um, I have said, gone on the record saying that I made a list of like guys that I would build my franchise around Mm -hmm. and I had Luka Doncic at number two behind Giannis. And I actually, when I went on with Rosillo, I'm like, I'm actually talking 
myself into putting him at number one. He's like, are you kidding me? Like, number one, blah, 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 and giving me all this shit. Scal's giving me shit. But he had another 40-point triple-double last night. The guy's unbelievable. I made the case on the show today that he's the best 20-year-old basketball player of all time, better than LeBron, better than Magic, better than anybody. And, you know, it's a little bit of a small sample size right now, but I don't have any reason to believe it'll stop. So that is my official title. It's Steve Strudy, co-host of Scallon Pals, and also the conductor of the Luka Doncic hype train. Wow, that's quite a mouthful, but I appreciate that. Yeah, listen, it's, you know, somebody's got somebody's to bear it. But I, listen, I feel super comfortable with it. So I have, no, I have no questions about that dude whatsoever. And you know me, I love Europeans. I, I'm a kind of a wannabe Euro kid. So, like, the fact that he is European, that's just an added bonus to me. I don't think it's a kind of wannabe Euro thing, Steve. I think we all know that if you had your way, you'd be a European guy with a great hairstyle playing soccer. Yeah, probably. Yeah. I'm just jealous that he got to come up through Real Madrid's academy and I didn't. What else is going on? How has it been doing the show? It's good. Like, the show is fun. I love Scal. Like, we have a lot of fun. It's all good. My studio, though, I'm having some issues with the studio that I do in Connecticut. So, basically, Scal does the show from Boston. I did the show from Connecticut. We have, like, cameras in front of us and whatever, and we just basically turn Skype on and we do the show, Right. But so I'm in this old like radio studio and the heat in the studio is broken and broken, not in a good way, because I consider when the heat is broken to be like not working. The problem is that it's working too much. It is it is above 80 degrees in my studio. This is two straight days. Yesterday, I was wearing a sweatshirt. and I was legitimately like I was in a sort of sweating bullets during the show. Today, at least I wore a T-shirt, so it was much better. But I, it has been it, that's that has been the hardest part of the show this week is I am literally sitting in an eighty degree room sweating my ass off trying to talk NBA without literally hyperventilating or having a heart attack for hours. For, yeah, for like three hours. Oh exactly. my god! And then like and then I got bright lights all over me, so it's like I don't get any break from this. So I probably lost some weight over the course of a few days just sweating out water weight while doing the show. And I say I'm like. I'm like, people, if you're, if you're watching the show, you just walk and listen. So if you're watching the video of the show and I look like I'm bright red and I'm, like, sweating bullets, trust me, I'm okay. I'm just really hot. The studio is out of control. Okay, I don't know what it is about radio studios because our studio in Bristol and the studio here at 101 ESPN, it's either a meat locker or it's a sauna. It's one click either way. There's no normal. There's yeah. no happy medium. I mean, when we yeah. were in Bristol, remember we'd click it over one and it'd be so hot or you click it over the other way and it's freezing. Yeah. And now I am the kind of person and Scalz and a bunch of the other contributors on our show have given me shit for this, including Ryan McDonough, the former Sun GM who lives in Arizona. And that's the reason we started talking about this is because I would always rather be a little cold than a little hot because the my argument is I don't really ever want to be sweating unless I'm at the beach. So, like, if I'm not at the beach and it's 90-something degrees out and I'm just, like, walking around trying to, like, do some errands or, like, go to work or blah, 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 that sucks. I'd rather be slightly colder because I can always layer up. I'm a big layer guy. I like bundling. Sure. That's why I love fall. What's up? And so I would always rather be cold than hot. And all those guys are like, oh, you're the only person in the world that thinks that. I'm like, no. Like, there are, to quote, uh, what's his name, Tobias from Arrested Development, there are dozens of us. <laughs> there are dozens of never nudes. <laughs> oh my god! Imagine meeting a never nude though. Imagine if you met someone new and you go to hook up with them, and then they have jeans on under their pants. Yeah, we need to because remember we used to do ten thousand frogs, right? I feel like we need a ten thousand frog of somebody who's actually accidentally dated a never nude. Speaking of ten thousand frogs, I know we're going to try and do this monthly with you. I'm saving ten thousand frogs for December because I have one that is so good. I just need to throw Uh-oh. out the siren song. This is the point in the podcast. If you have a bad date, send it to me on Instagram at msmallman, or you can send it to Saruti at uh, where am I? Instagram at Steve underscore Saruti. 
I forget what my Instagram or, is. Yeah, whatever it is. Because I had a girlfriend tell me this weekend about a date slash hookup situation that she had. And my jaw was on the floor. And I think it's going to be one of the best 10,000 frog stories we've ever heard. What did we land on as the best? Because there was crack frog, but something beat crack frog. What was it? Pea frog. Pea frog. That's right. Pea frog. That's a pretty bad one. Pretty bad. And then I had Willie Colon on the pod and I had him play 10,000 frogs. And then no lie, he told this story about a crazy girl that he dated that I think takes the cake out of all of them. She, she, you know, assaulted his friend and then took all the guy's stuff and threw it out. I mean, it was nuts. Oh, I, well, okay. First off, love you, Willie. Um, That's not surprising. (laughs) I feel like Willie, Willie just has the craziest stories there are. Like he is an insane person in a good way. And I am not surprised at all that that happened. But I also had a acquaintance. Actually, it's more of an it's more of a friend of my wife's who like beat the shit out of her boyfriend, <laughs> like literally, <laughs> and like it became this whole thing. And I don't even know how long they were dating for, but like you know, it was so it was a similar circumstance where she was she was a little bit crazy, and then I say that nicely, but she was a little bit crazy. Okay, but what did the guy do to deserve it? Because it wasn't unprompted. I don't even remember, but it wasn't something worthy of getting the shit kicked out of you. It wasn't infidelity. No, it was not infidelity. It was not. Did he not take out the garbage or something? If if anything, like, she was the one that was uh, cheating on him. Like, she, I I mean, numerous occasions. So you just, uh, that tells you how good this relationship was. It was uh, a match made in heaven, really. I think he was kind of like a little bit of a a submissive type, too. Like, he was just kind of like, all right, whatever you want, honey. And then she just kind of pushed him around, and then she beat the crap out of him. Damn. Well, we have to do 10,000 frogs. I can't wait to tell you the story. I actually texted it to Maddie, your wife, and she was like, holy shit. Oh, my God. And I'm like, do not tell Steve. I'm waiting for December 10,000 frogs. So it's a deep tease for the next time that you come on. Okay, good. I'm excited. So we have a whole buffet of things to get into today. Would you would you like to do stories or topics first? Because I have two stories and a few topics that I want to get into with you. Let's do topics first. Okay, topics first. I have a note on my phone that when I think of weird things, I just write it down. And I think I need to talk to Steve about this. I love that. Okay. (laughs) So, Steve, you know I'm into wellness and I use that kind of ironically because I'm the type of person that I'm really into meditating. But then I don't actually meditate or I'll show up hungover to defeat the purpose. I like to dabble in it, but I just am too lazy to actually ever commit to being a super healthy person. But I read all of these things about different trends and whatnot. And I've been reading a lot about baths. So an actual bath. Wait, B-A-T-H? Yeah, like a bath. Like Like drawing a bath? Yeah, Instead of taking a shower, baths are making a huge comeback. People are like, you know what? You just you get in there, you settle in, it's relaxing, throw on a candle, maybe some Sade, a glass of wine, you just relax in a bath. I thought we were all about conservation in 2019. Like, aren't baths just, like, terrible for the environment? They just waste a bunch of water? Okay, but if you plugged up your shower and saw how much water you use in a shower, I bet it would almost fill a bathtub. Maybe. That's a good point. That is a good point. And, and to the candles thing, I don't know if you saw this, but our, our friend Golo Jr., I saw tweeted like he went to anthropology and bought a bunch of candles and was like, it's candle season, to which I thought like, I'm always in candle season. Candle season <laughs> is not a, not a, a season. It's just a lifestyle, really. I am, I am pro candles 365 days a year. <laughs> That's the best thing you've ever said. <laughs> yeah. You know what? You're right, Steve, though. Candles are a lifestyle. I have candles going 24-7, 365 days a year. But I will say this. Even though candles are a lifestyle, I think certain scents and fragrances are cyclical. Yeah, that's true. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not trying to work with 
something mint heavy in the summer. Give me a winter wonderland type set when it's cold outside. I'm a big like balsam wood year round guy. <laughs> I'm not a big I'm not a big like Maddie whipped out the white pumpkin one. Ugh, half. Disgusting. <laughs> Nothing is worse than the Christmas ones. They all smell like shit. I'm like the earthy woodsy ones. Like I like you know, leathers and, and like, like I said, balsam woods, any kind of wood is good, but nothing fruity, nothing like that's going to like sting my nostrils and nothing like super seasonal like pumpkin or Christmas. The Christmas ones are, are, are legitimately disgusting. So I don't mind the Christmas ones that bad. I hate things that taste like food. I hate freshly baked brownies or whatever. Like I love the actual smell, but I don't want my house to smell like that all the time because it makes me hungry. But it's so yep. funny you say that. This is another thing we have in common, Steve. Um, the girls that are on my charity board with me, we did like a girls' night out and the, to get to know each other better. And we went to a candle making class. And what you do nice. is you get a sheet of paper and they have all these different scents and you walk around and you smell them and you write down the handful of things that you were attracted to. And they help you build a ratio and a unique scent based on what you liked. And guess what my two strongest preference scents were? You're too, um, hmm. Think about what you just said. Is it like driftwood? Hold on. Is it like something called like jingle bells <laughs> bullshit? No, no. It was leather <laughs> and cedar. Oh, okay. All right. You went the other way on that. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So those would probably be two of my favorite ones. I would probably enjoy those. What I'm about to say is going to sound so insufferable, but please know that I was just along for the ride. I think we talked about this on the podcast before, but when I was in the Hamptons this summer, I was staying at, at my friend's house who has an outdoor shower and it's a pure cedar shower. So when it gets warm, the smell of the cedar comes out and it was the best smell I've ever smelled in my entire life. Yeah, we have a cedar closet in the house in the basement. It is it is a cool thing to have. Uh, big big cedar guy, big 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 lumber guy. Huge huge cedar fan. Okay, so back yeah. to baths. So you know, all these people are like, oh my god, yeah. baths are the key to my success. Oprah is like, nothing in the world is more luxurious than a bath. So I'm thinking, when's the last time I've taken a bath? I can't even remember. I'm strictly a shower girl, get in, get out. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to get some salts, some detox salts or whatever, and I'm going to work in a bath from time to time. So I do a tough workout on Sunday. I go, I draw a bath, I settle in there, and I'm sitting in this bath, and I'm thinking, this sucks. Baths actually suck. I don't think it's super relaxing because it's really hot when you get in, and then it cools significantly. It's not warm for very long, and you're sitting in a, a puddle of your own filth. Uh, I mean, yeah, like this is why I'm not pro bath. And I always used to think like I, baths are such like a 19th, early 20th century <laughs> thing. Like I've been watching Peaky Blinders and like even like the rich people, like they have these baths and like there's no way like we've just evolved as a species from that. Like baths aren't what they were. They, I don't know. They're just not what they're crocked up to be. They're not worth the hassle. They're not that relaxing. And you're right. You're just sitting in your filth. Like I can't even remember the last time I took a bath and Honestly, my, my parents at their house have, like, one of those, like, indoor jacuzzi type things. So we – I used to, like, do that. But if it's not, like, an indoor jacuzzi, like, where the water's being pumped in and pumped out, if it's just, like, you're sitting in a bathtub <laughs> that's just stale water, like, that's going to be a hard pass for me. Uh, sorry. And not only that, the bath that I was in – it, it was like a standard size bath shower situation. And I am not a tall person. I'm sneaky small. I'm five, oh, yeah. four and a half. And I couldn't even straighten my legs. So half your body, no matter which way you position yourself, is out of the water and cold. 
I yes, listen. I we baths suck. I think we have closed the book on baths. And I mean, listen, I'm I'm happy that you tried it out because I think the I get it. The idea of a bath is like, oh, it's so relaxing. But it's like the juice isn't worth the squeeze. And when you really think about it, like you're just as you said, you're just sitting in your own body filth really and you're not actually clean when you get out <laughs> i know so then i wash my hair and you have to dunk under the water to get the shampoo out and then i'm just sitting in the shampoo residue when i'm done yeah no no no, no. Uh, well, this is an anti-bath podcast no we're pro cigarettes anti-baths yeah for sure for sure for sure <laughs> okay next thing on the list have you ever done the genetic testing like the 23 and me or whatever there's a bunch of different uh, ones that you could do no, so I remember we were, like, Will, during Will's show, like, they were supposed to sponsor the show, or maybe they did sponsor the show, and they're like, oh, yeah, we're going to, like, hook the staff up with, like, all, I forget which one it was, and I was, like, really pumped about it, because I've always wanted to do it. Um, I've actually done one for my dog, like, not that, not that it's, like, 23 me like, Ancestry, but, like, try to figure <laughs> out what breed your dog is. We did it for Mumford. Quick sidebar, my dog is a 65-pound mutt. We're pretty sure he's part Border Collie, but he's from the South, so he's probably got some pit and some lab in him. It ends up coming back as, like, the three smallest dogs imaginable. It was, like, a Yorkshire Terrier, <laughs> uh, like, a, a Scottish Terrier, and, like, a Pomeranian. Again, my dog is 65 pounds. Yeah. So I'm pretty skeptical on the whole thing, although I've heard that those, like, the genetic ones for people are really good. So, I've, yes, I've always wanted to do it, and I was really pumped when they told us that we were going to do it, and then they just kind of ghosted us for a while. So I've always wanted to, because I don't, I, I'm, I'm one of those people, like, I am really interested in history and my ancestry, and I think I kind of have a good idea, but we also have some like random like rumors and like stories and like folk tales in my family mm-hmm. that we aren't sure if it's true. So I think we would be able to figure out, we'd be able to like debunk whether or not like some of these things are true or not. Ooh, folk tales. Sounds juicy. Yeah, like my, so there's this like, I don't know, like I forget. It's just been passed down through my family. So like my last name is Ceruti, C E R U T I. It's Italian. But there's like this, I don't know, I don't even know what you call it, like, long tail, whatever, in my family that they actually originated in France, and it was spelled C-E-R-U-D-E, but, like, my ancestor who was there, like, committed some crime, like, may have murdered somebody and had to flee <laughs> France to Italy, and he ended up uh, settling, like, in the in the uh, Genoa area, which is, like, kind of right near the France border, so it actually does make a little bit of sense logistically, but we've never been able to prove that or not. So if I can go back in time and say, hey, yeah, my family is from France, and then there was this sketchy dude who may or may not have murdered somebody, we'd be able to confirm this. But we haven't done it yet. So you potentially could not even be Italian. The original guy was French, but, like, I'm sure people have married Italian people and whatever. I mean, I'm, I've always said this. I describe myself this way. I'm vaguely Mediterranean. Like, I've been called Greek. I've been called Italian. I've been called even as Middle Eastern in some ways, depending if my beard's long enough. Like, I am, I just call myself vaguely Mediterranean. And I think that describes a lot of people in that area. But I would like to know, like, exactly if they could tell me what I am. And I would like to debunk some of these, like, you know, potential criminal rumors in, in, in the Cerruti family. Yeah, to find out if you're somehow murder adjacent would be kind of important, I think. Um, I know, I know. So my situation is really similar. I know I'm Italian. I know my grandma was straight off the boat from Italy. But Smallman is not Italian because on my dad's side, Smallman comes from the Native American portion of our family because it was his name was small man he changed it to small mun to sound french and i recently read this great book called there there it's fictional but it's about modern day native americans and it got me thinking about my heritage and i want to learn more about it and all this different stuff so 
you know how it is. It's so hard to find Christmas gifts for people in your family when you become an adult, especially your parents, because they buy whatever they want when they want. Yeah. Especially my dad. You know, he's like, oh, I just bought a brand new TV. You're like, what, dad? Come on. Yeah. Let's get you something. So I was thinking, oh, okay. I can get my parents this genetic testing and then I could learn about my family. So I randomly floated by my dad. Not that I was going to get it, but I was like, oh, have you heard of this genetic testing? And my dad being ever Italian was basically like, yeah, these idiots like sending out their saliva and their their genes to God knows where. That doesn't seem like a smart idea. Putting your DNA out there. And I was like, okay, that's off the table. Yeah, okay, conspiracy theorist. Now, that that kind of reminds me of, like, the people that remember, like, when there was, like, the face app thing, when it was like, oh, you know, it'll tell you whatsoever you look like, or it'll, like, turn you from a guy to a girl or vice versa, right? Remember that thing? Yeah. And, there, and all the people were like, well, that's, that's weird, like, just giving the government your face or giving Russia your face, like, that's sketchy. I'm like, seriously, like, what the hell is Russia going to do with my face? Russia could have my face. I don't give a shit what Russia could do with my face. Like, feel free to have my face, Russia. Like, I'm not worried about it. That's the same thing I'm worried about. Like, what, what are you going to do with my saliva? Like, what, what really? What are we going to do? Okay. Like, I actually think could it's good to, like, frame you for a crime. Well, okay. That's, I mean, listen. And then, then you have an alibi. Be like, well, I did 23 and me, and my saliva was made public. So you can't, you can't prove it. You, you know, like, there's reasonable doubt, you know? Totally. So I'm talking about this with somebody here at work saying how my dad kind of poo-pooed the idea and I was a little bummed out and he's like, oh my God, I have this insane genetic testing story. He's like, I had a buddy who did it and the results come back and he found out that his dad is not his real dad. Oh. (laughs) He found out from 23andMe and then he went to his mom like, hey mom, what the hell is this? And she's like, it's true. <laughs> He's not your dad. And they had to have this big family power. But as an adult, he only found out because of this genetic testing. Holy shit. That's like pretty deep. I know. Uh, well, you know, it, that's weird. I mean, obviously they didn't catch wind of it. Otherwise they should have like, you know, gotten ahead of that situation. But he just kind of went and did it on his own. I guess that's probably a worst case scenario. Like I was trying to think, like what, what, like what bad, what bad could come out of like knowing what your heritage is. I guess that is one example. That is a worst case scenario. Yeah, or if they're like, oh, you have siblings out there that you didn't know about, and then you're like, yo, dad, what? Did they tell you that though? They like they know. know. Like I guess if they if they've done it before. Yeah, well, if, if they, they're in I'm, the database, I guess I don't know all the logistics. But he was telling me this story, and I was like, well, that's a buzzkill. That is kind of a buzzkill. Wow. Now I'm uh, a little skeptical of this. I don't know. Like, <laughs> do I want to? Do I want to know these things? I don't think I do. I don't know. I think we should do it. I would do it. I definitely. I mean, as much as I joke about, it, I would 100 percent would and want to do it. What, what's the other one? Not uh, outside of 23 and Me, Ancestry. Ancestry. Yeah. All right. So Ancestry 23 and Me at us. Let us do this on the podcast. Yeah. Listen, we will do a full breakdown and you know give you all the publicity you want. Because I, I listen, I think it would be cool as hell. Just like I thought it would be cool when you like maybe go to the tarot card gypsy reader, and I didn't believe a thing she said, but I thought it was fun. Steve, you did have a big August eventually. It was only a year later, so yeah. I mean, look, I don't know. Like, like maybe she, she didn't clear. She didn't clarify the years. And that's another thing. Like I'm watching Peaky Blinders, as I mentioned before, and like they are gypsies, right? Nice. And one of the like the main characters, that Polly, like Tommy's aunt, she basically like is like a she could tell what sex the baby is, like, when it's in the womb, like, when it's just been conceived. Like, she does all these weird gypsy things. And I'm like, did people really, like, people, that's how people live their lives back in the day. Like, some woman just claims that she's a gypsy and starts telling people things. Everyone just believes she's a magician. That's, like, that's totally fraudulent. But it's also kind of cool. 
But wouldn't you like to make your living that way? I mean, listen, you know I believe in, in cards and in the spiritual realm to a certain degree. But how sick would it have been back in the day to just be like, I'm seeing this and say something super vague and then have everyone think that you are the seer of the future? I mean, it would be kind of badass because nobody, like, believed in science back then. So, like, you could really just do whatever the hell you want. And, I mean, essentially those were just, like, you know, con artists (laughs) before (laughs) con artists were a thing. Totally. Ancient con artists. Okay, next on the list, because I know you're going to hate talking about this, so I have to bring it up. But what was your reaction when you saw that John Legend was named People's Sexiest Man Alive? Well, I'm just kind of over the Chrissy Teigen, John Legend thing, like... I don't know. Like, I don't think Chrissy Teigen's that funny. I think she just tweets a lot and she like swears a lot, and that's really like her thing. And that's fine. I, you know, whatever. I'm sure she's a really nice person, and it is what it is. I actually don't have a huge issue with John Legend being the sex fan alive. Like, I don't think, like, uh, for being honest, like, I don't think he is like the hottest guy I've ever seen. But I mean, when you take into account like who he is and his voice and the songs he's written. Like, I understand how you can get there. Plus, he's super popular, and this thing is all about selling magazines anyway, right, or selling whatever the hell you're selling. So I actually do understand it, even though I don't think aesthetically he is, like, the hottest guy I've ever seen. Yes, I think he's very cute, and I think being a very great and supportive husband and a wonderful dad is very sexy, so I appreciate their spin on it. But I'm looking at this, and I'm saying, okay, last year they had Idris Elba. I mean, who is like the hottest guy to ever walk the face of the earth. And I love John Legend and I appreciate that they're saying like being a good husband and dad is sexy. But then I think, okay, are they picking John Legend just because we see him everywhere? I just feel like with celebrity culture now, it's been this thing where if people are in your face, everybody thinks like, okay, how do I get a piece of this? How do we capitalize on this? And it's just annoying. I feel like everything's being recycled. Yeah, I just have a hard 10. Period. I don't oh even God. think you can debate it. God's unbelievable. Even back like um, Schrinner Bell era, The Wire, he's been hot forever. Yeah, like I recently watched Luther, another thing, BBC crime drama, really good show. It's like kind of oldish. He's awesome. He's super hot, great actor, whatever. He's very versatile. Like I understand it, but it's like the same thing. You know, you're, and you're 100 percent right. Yes, they just try to capitalize off of like the, the who's in the now moment. Because remember, a couple years ago, it was The Rock, and like no offense to The Rock, but like The Rock is not a good looking dude. I don't even know. Like, he's jacked, and he's super successful, but I don't think he's, like, aesthetically hot. Like, I don't think he's a hot guy. Okay, I'm going to interrupt you because I didn't think The Rock was hot, and I floated this to my girlfriends who all were like, you're insane. The Rock is a full 10. All my friends think The Rock is so hot. I mean, what beyond the body... Like, he, he doesn't really have great hair. He's in, like, a lot of, you know, here's where I'm going to be a snob. He's in a lot of, like, dumb movies. Oh, like, my God, he's in a lot of movies. Yeah, like, he makes a lot of stupid movies. He is the league leader in, like, movies like, when I'm, like, watching previews going, who the hell watches that movie? Like, Skyscraper. He made a movie where he was, like, a one-legged guy saving people <laughs> in a building. And he's in, you know, all 13 of the goddamn Fast and Furious movies, which I have seen one, and I thought it sucked, and I haven't seen any of them since. He just leads the league in, like, stupid movies being made, and that's fine. Do you, man, get your money? He's, like, a bajillionaire, and, you know, he's in Baywatch, he's in Jumanji, he's in a million different things. But these magazines and these people, they are just vultures, and they just they just want to capitalize on whoever is, like, in the now. And The Rock was, you know, the hot kind of thing, no pun intended. And, you know, it doesn't even matter if you're good-looking or not. Like, I could see, like, imagine if, like, Steve Buscemi was in, like, a bunch of really good movies. <laughs> I, I have a feeling... Like they would, or like Gary Busey, like if two of those guys 
went on like a really good movie run, I guarantee you someone at People Magazine or whoever does that is like, you know what? We should consider Steve Buscemi, like actually sneaky kind of hot. And, and like, and when everyone knows, they're like, that guy's not hot. But they would just try to do it because it would create an outrage and everyone would be like, oh my God, is Steve Buscemi actually hot? And it's like, no, stupid, we're falling for your dumb trap again. That's exactly what this is. If Gary Busey, who's insane, or Steve Buscemi, who is... I mean, across the board, 100% of people would say great actor, not hot, was named people's sexiest man of the year. I would buy, I would buy a physical hard copy of it just to be like, you know what? I respect the hell out of it. Yeah, but I'm, I'm honestly like, that's where we are in society where like, I would not be surprised if that happened. And then they would be like, no, trust me. And they would like try to like make all these points. And everyone, like, there would be a bunch of stupid think pieces written about it in the Atlantic, and everybody would be like, you know, actually, is Stubby Semi really hot? <laughs> it would be this stupid cultural thing that everyone would, like, get behind, and it would actually be really smart because we're all, we're all, like, kind of dumb, and we just soak that shit up. And that's, that's so, that's exa- that's what happens when you name John Legend or, you know, ha- I actually meant to ask you this. Has my boy Joan Hall ever won? Because, I mean, he, I don't know how he could not be on that list. Like, Joan Hall's the hottest dude I've ever seen. I don't think he has. I'm Googling this. Let's get Brad the list. One. Oh, I think he's won, but he's hot. Brad Pitt is a full snack, even now. And like, and like Joan Hall, like I said, the hottest dude I've ever seen in my life. So like, I don't know why, if he hasn't won the day, like he should win the award. Like he should at least be a one-time world sexiest man or hottest man alive, whatever they call it. Um, okay, so I'm looking from 1985 on. Mel Gibson back in the 80s, yeah, sure. All right, I can see that. Um, ooh, Harry Hamlin won in 87. Shout out Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Mm, oh, my God. So okay, advice. 1988 was JFK Jr., who is the hottest man that has ever lived. I mean, if yep, you, I guess, he is yeah, so I hot. I, I mean, RIP, tragic. But if you look back on <laughs> photos of him now, you're like, my God, you are Did chiseled. You? You were so Did hot. You just, like thirst trap. Yeah, that was like your. That was like a live thirst trap. Like R.I.P. Super hot. <laughs> I can't believe that happened. What do yeah, you mean? So he was, he's so hot, but he's dead. He, he died. No, he is hot. He, 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 or I should say, he was hot. Yes, he was hot. He was hot. Okay, Sean Connery, Tom Cruise. Listen, I know Tom Cruise was really hot in the late '80s, '90s, or everybody thought he was. But when I look back on him now, I'm like, really? Everybody was that into him, huh? Yeah, you know, have you ever seen that Tom Cruise like asymmetrical face thing where like his, no. his like yeah, you should Google that. I don't want to get into it because it's like kind of intense and like whatever. But just the the picture will do it more justice. But basically, like they he has like a his face is kind of strange in in a way. Like people have done studies on this. Good teeth. I, I remember. Yeah, but I do remember too. Like speaking of like symmetrical faces. I remember they did this with quarterbacks, and they were like, who's the hottest quarterback in the league? And, like, obviously the answer is Brady. No. But they did, like, some sort of scientific, scientific testing thing, and it came back as, like, Matt Ryan. And, like, I'm like, Matt Ryan's, like, an all-right-looking dude, but he's not the hottest quarterback in the league. When was this? A couple years ago. Probably, like, five years ago or so. Oh, so Jimmy Garoppolo was not in the conversation. I don't understand the Garoppolo thing. What and then you're going you out with porn stars. No, that is no, what I don't, I don't get. He is so hot. He is so good looking. I would put him right up there in the conversation with JFK Jr. But then you're like, yo, why are you dating porn stars and bottle service girls? You could do so much better. Wait, let me rephrase that. I shouldn't say that he could do better because I don't want to put down porn stars or bottle service girls. Because you do you. However you want to make money, you do you. I'm just saying he's so good looking. I expect him to date someone who's a mega superstar, hot Hollywood actress. Someone that I would consider to be on his level, if that makes sense. 
Yeah, I feel like sometimes people think that, that that's what they're supposed to do, when in reality it's like, nah, dude, you're, like, you can do better than that. Let's be better than that. I, why would he think that's what he was supposed to do? I would think that he would be dating know. a starlet. I do, too. Like, yeah, I mean, listen, I totally agree. But uh, he clearly did not think that. Like, Tom Brady has the right idea. Like, date a supermodel. Like, date Giselle. Boom. Done and done. Like, I just, now you're a power couple. I want to be in um, Jimmy Garoppolo's PR team or his marketing team or whatever and be like, yo, if Pete Davidson can date Kate Beckinsale Ugh. and <laughs> Kaya Gerber and Ariana Grande, we can get you whoever you want. I honestly, like... And, like, I cringe when I hear Pete Davidson's name at this point. Like, I just, I just, of all the people I just don't understand, I don't understand Pete Davidson. I know. Okay, so some of the other hottest, or excuse me, sexiest man alive winners. Patrick Swayze. Yeah, right. I get it. Richard Gere, hot. Yeah, it's like old dude hot. I get that. Pretty woman. Richard Gere is such an old man name. <laughs> Richard Gere is an old man name. Okay, Brad Pitt won. Obviously, we talked yeah. about that. George Clooney. Johnny Depp won, which, I mean, I guess a lot of women uh, think he's hot. Yeah, I don't know. He's okay. But, yeah, all right. Denzel won. I could see that. I mean, uh, well, I don't know. Like, that, yeah. yeah, I could see Denzel, I guess. Matt Damon and Ben Affleck. See, I know. I was just listening to Bill Simmons' pod. He had Matt Damon. I'm a big Matt Damon fan. I like Matt Damon. I'm not sure Matt Damon is the hottest man alive, though. Like, I don't think that that's a thing. What oh. year was this? Uh... Good Will Hunting time? No, I think, well, hold on, I'm scrolling back. 2007. Yes, Jason like Bourne time. Yeah, the Bourne movies, yeah. Okay. See, he was hotter when he was younger, but any, well, anybody, most people are. Although George Clooney, I think, is, you know, he's hotter now. No, I would, I would argue George that. Clooney has aged very well. Okay, I'm going to just run yeah. through a couple names. Hugh Jackman, Ryan Reynolds, yep. Bradley Cooper, Channing Tatum, yep. And then 2013, Adam Levine. You don't like Adam Levine? Well, then the following year, it's Chris Hemsworth. I mean, come on. And David Beckham won in 2015. I think Adam Levine is hot. I think he's a. I think he he's you know. I think he's a good looking dude. Right? Is that weird? I don't know. I think he's a good looking dude. I don't know. I can't get on board with the California Tupac stomach tat. Yeah, I mean, there are definitely some questionable tattoos. That's a good point. That's a good point. I don't know. And you know me, I like um. More like Chris Hemsworth style, where they're huge. <laughs> yeah, you don't like skinny dudes. I get it. You know, you like, you know, well, I mean, all those guys, I would I would not describe any of the guys you named on this list, though, like athletic or whatever it's called. Like, how do you Attractive. describe it? What is it? Attractive. Attractive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't, they're all kind of just like straight up just fit. <laughs> yeah. None of them, like, none of them you'd ever be like, oh, they maybe have had Chipotle a few too many times. Like, all those dudes are like pretty, pretty, pretty in shape. Can I give you a hot take that I think you're not going to agree with? Go ahead. I think that Ryan Reynolds and Blake Lively are the definition of doing too much. I unfollowed both of them on Instagram because I don't think either of them is funny. And I think they try so hard and it bothers me. I think Ryan Reynolds is genuinely funny because he's self-deprecating. Um, it's too much. But I, I understand why you're saying that. But I also think that Blake Lively is a lot is like, like I think he made the right choice. Blake Lively, going to Blake Lively from Scarlett Johansson. So Why? I'm not a big Scarlett Johansson fan. Whoa, why? Uh, uh, see, now we're going to get into this thing where it's like, oh, it's Rudy's like, you know, I don't want to, you know what, I'm going to leave that one alone. I'll just say I'm not a huge Scarlett Johansson fan. I'll just say that. Oh, okay, okay. Wow, I'm surprised though. I thought you would be. No, no, she's not my type. 
Okay, deal. There you go. Well, since you want to leave Johansson alone, let's move on. Next on the topics list. Did you know that your boy Vanderbeek was on Dancing with the Stars and that he has a million kids? Okay, so I did know. I knew both of those things. I have not seen Dancing with the Stars. The only reason I know that, that he was on it and that he has a bajillion kids is because I follow him on Instagram. (laughs) I love that you follow him on Instagram. Yeah, I mean, he's a beak. Like, he's my dude. Like, he was literally born the town over from me. Like, he's my he's my CT brethren. So, yes, I love the beak. And he does have a lot of really blonde kids. So many. I know. But it bummed me out that he was on Dancing with the Stars because I consider Dancing with the Stars kind of dancing with the irrelevant. I don't know half the people on there. And I think James Vanderbeek is a legitimate star. And he is too good to be on that show. I've said this numerous times. The two most like coolest people I've ever met in my media career are Vanderbeek and Joan Hall. And like, it was so awesome. He's like the man. I love varsity blues. Obviously Dawson's Creek. What's up? Big fan. But yeah, he's kind of just like had a thousand kids and just disappeared really. So it's kind of been a weird thing for him. Although he was in like this recent, it wasn't black mirror, but I think it's called like room one Oh four on HBO. It's like the same concept he was in. And I ended up watching that just cause he was in it. And it was very weird, but he's kind of fell off. He's kind of fallen off the face. Of the Mostly I think because I think he wanted to, I think he just wanted to kind of get away. I could just see him being like, my wife loves dancing with the stars. So that's why I did it. His wife is, she, I don't think she's like a, a, like a famous person either. I think she's just some, you know, whatever. And all of their kids are like super pale and super blonde. I know. I saw a photo of them because I saw the headline about him being on Dancing with the Stars with like five, six kids. And they all look the yeah. same. They're all gorgeous. I was like, wow, he's been busy since Varsity Blues. Yeah. He, I mean, what is he? He's probably close to 50 now, right? No, no way. No? I mean, um, he was like in I'm his like 20s like early 90s. He's 42. Okay. All right. I'm wrong. All right. So he's like 10 years older than me. I was going to say, if he's 50, he has aged well. Last week, we introduced Wagering 101 so that I can get in the game, so that I can make some cash money wagering sports games with the help of an expert, John Price from Sports Information Traders. And if you listened to John last week, good for you. You are a smart person. Because John said, hey, look at this Florida-Missouri game, the under 51 and a half points. You should wager on this. And it played out. So, John, thank you you so much for joining me again this week and thank you for that great pick last week well that's an example of a smaller valued play that particular under had a little bit of value and that's really what it's all about in identifying the right games to play where is the value is it in a higher scoring game a lower scoring game what elements go into figuring those things out we work on those that's our job that's what we do for a living And for everybody listening to me right now, some of you are dentists and attorneys and (laughs) delivery people, teachers. You have your jobs Monday through Friday. Our jobs are to identify the variables that make these games valuable so that we can give them to our clients and manage them the right way. So to the people that wrote in, yes, we appreciate it. You got the winner with the under on the Missouri game. There's lots more money and opportunity to be made and check us out at sportsinformationtraders.com. So, John, we know that you're an expert in this. We talked about that a little bit last week. But how does one get started in wagering in sports? Okay, that's a good question because people hear me all the time on the radio and they think, do those guys place the bets? Do I just send them the money? And they know none of That's not what happens. We are information providers. Our job is to identify the plays with the best value, to get them to our clients, and to have our clients place the wagers on the games. Now, how 
do you place wagers on games? Very simple. You go onto your, your computer or your cell phone and you Google online sports wagering accounts. They are accounts that are available all over. And with 13 states in America now with legal gambling, there's going to be a lot more of them. What you do is you do your research, you look for an, all those through those online accounts, and you deposit what you feel you want to start with in order to wager with. At that stage, it's up to you. You decide, do I want to put 1,000 in there? Do I want to put 500 in there? Do I want to put 5,000 in there? You dictate the terms. You call, you put your money in, it's your account. And when we work with you, we say, Steve, Dave, Stephanie, whoever you are, this is what you do based on what you have in your account. This is how much we want you to put on this play. So you're the ones that set up your account. We talk to you about making sure that you set it up the right way. We provide you with the plays. You put the plays in yourself. We keep track of your wins, your losses, where your money should be, so that at the end of each month, when you're looking at your balance, we know what you should have and you know how much profit you've made at the end of that month. It's a valuable service, especially for someone like me. All right, John, last week we talked about a college football game. Let's look this week to a game in the NFL. Is there a specific game that you want to target for this week? Well, you know, a few weeks ago we went on the radio. We talked about something that I call the Vegas mistake. You could probably still read about that online where I believed that a line was wrong in a college football game. Western Kentucky was a four-and-a-half-point underdog listed. I believe they should have been favored. Our clients bet the money line and also bet the points and was able to win on Western Kentucky plus four-and-a-half. A couple weeks ago, just before we started with you, I went on the radio and gave out LSU to beat Alabama outright. I gave that on the radio. That wasn't even just a private play. Everybody in their cars got that play and won with it. So our biggest college football games of the season have produced money for not just our own clients, but for anybody who happened to be listening to me. This week, since Monday morning, when we looked at the variables, we have, without a doubt, the biggest NFL play that we've had in two years. It's this Sunday. And what we're doing is we're giving any new clients an opportunity to purchase this play for $99. It's not a qualifying situation. This is not a situation where you're going to call in and somebody's going to ask what you make or how much you play. This is really an opportunity for everybody to win with my biggest NFL play. And next week, when we start talking about the play and how it unfolded, I want so many of you to be winners with us. Even if it's the only bet you make this entire year, this is the time. Go to sportsinformationtraders.com. That's 866-441-2711 or sportsinformationtraders.com. John, thank you so much, and I look forward to speaking to you again next week. Always a pleasure. Thank you. Sit back. Relax. Close your eyes. Take a deep breath and blow your nose. It's time for a review on the Small Talk Podcast with Michelle Smallman. All right, it is time for a review. As the open indicates, Anthony is here. Anthony, what's up? Oh, hey, what's up? How are you doing? You ready for a review? I'm ready for this review. Okay, this comes from Ernest Ells, who says, Amazing five stars. Run, don't walk to this podcast. Hashtag my love tank is full. Do you know what that's in reference to? (laughs) No. (laughs) First of all, 
These are my people. They know that I love Bravo. That's in reference to one of the OG Real Housewives from the Real Housewives of Orange County, Vicki Gumbelson, who divorced her husband, Don, because she said he was not feeding her love tank. She said her love tank needed to be full and that it was empty. But now okay. she's engaged to a new guy, Steve the Cop. And her Steve love t- the Cop. Steve the Cop. And Sounds her, like a narc. Her love tank is indeed full. Okay. So, Anthony, do you watch The Real Housewives? Um, no. I, I remember the, uh, isn't it Real Housewives in New Jersey? Isn't that like a thing? There's many franchises. Many okay. cities are involved. I want to say that I caught that during the whole Jersey Shore era. Okay. And it has South Park crossover, but no. I've never seen Real Housewives. It's horrible. <laughs> it's actually incredible. It's just like sports, drama, <laughs> conflict, How do you matchups. score? How do you score? It was matchups. Who's am I more petty than you? Have I outed your boyfriend's fake cancer scheme? I mean, there are wins every week, and who certainly are these dark losses. people with fake cancer schemes? Brooks, Becky Gumbelson's other ex. Jeez, I'm really into the housewives, and I'm thinking of maybe doing like a Bravo breakdown every week, where I just do a quick two minute monologue saying, "Hey, Real Housewives of Atlanta is back. Nene is shady as hell. Cynthia is winning with her line." About Noelle being fluid, but she didn't know she was actually out there swimming. Oh, <laughs> Things of that man. nature. What That's, do you think, Anthony? Thumbs um, up, thumbs down. <laughs> I think I'm going to stay away. I'm like, why? No. I mean, no, a thumbs up for you to do that. It's thumbs down for me to watch probably you know, i don't have not cable really though. my target audience yeah, for this kind of thing. but i think if you listen to my breakdowns you may be swayed to watch it it just sounds like a lot of drama it is which is the entire point <laughs> there's enough out there Right, but I firmly believe that my friends are better friends because we watch Bravo and we shit talk the housewives so we don't shit talk people we actually know. What? <laughs> okay. I'm not going to try to break down that logic. I'm accepted for what it is. Awesome. And we're just going to ride with it. Thank you for your support. Yeah, no worries. And thank you so much for listening. We're going to be back in action next week with part two from Saruti, including a brand new game, and it's good. And I rarely say that, so you know I'm telling the truth. But until then, bye. Thanks for listening to Small Talk. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts or the Podcast One app.